The My Fishing Cape Cod Podcast, brought to you by the Goose Hammock Shops, Cape Cod's largest outdoor outfitter, serving New England since 1946. Shop them online at themightyfish.com. Welcome to the My Fishing Cape Cod Podcast. The My Fishing Cape Cod Podcast is your local source for the latest news and information on fishing Cape Cod. Now, here's your host, Kevin Collins. Hello and welcome to another edition of the My Fishing Cape Cod podcast here from MyFishingCapeCod.com. This is your host, Kevin Collins. Very happy to be back with you after quite a long layoff. And we're going to get into why we're a little bit delayed starting the 2020 weekly podcast season. And to do that, I'm going to bring in MFCC founder and creator Ryan Collins right off the top of the show to talk a little bit about where we're at with the weekly podcast and all things podcasting here from MFCC. We're also going to be joined on today's program by a couple of other outstanding guests, Phil Howarth, the owner of the Goose Hummock Shop down in Orleans, and then the owner and general manager of Cape and Islands Mitsubishi, proud MFCC member Bruno Demir is going to join us later on in today's program as well. But let's dive right into today's show, shall we? Ryan, how are you doing on this beautiful Sunday morning? I'm doing great, Kevin. It's an absolutely gorgeous day. You know, between yesterday and today, holy cow, it's hot and humid. Beautiful summer weather. So let's dive into the show today, Ryan. And I know right off the top, you want to talk a little bit about, you know, the general status of the podcast. You and I have been working hard in releasing a series of My Fishing Cape Cod Chronicles podcasts. And we've been lucky enough to have some great guests. And some of the guests are even members of My Fishing Cape Cod. And we've been distributing those over the last several months. And even back into the winter months, we've been distributing those on iTunes. But we've been a little bit absent on the weekly MFCC podcast. And I wanted to just give you kind of the floor to to talk a little bit about where we stand on that. Yeah, when we were getting things ready to go back in the spring, obviously with COVID and everything, it was a little crazy. People weren't even allowed to go into some of the bait and tackle shops around here. So we got delayed on, on everything. And, you know, before you knew it, it was May, it was June and the weekly fishing report podcast that we had done for geez, the last five, six years just wasn't really happening. And we were doing the Chronicles podcast and we had a great guest, uh, last week or the week before, Jay Cienciolo, who's a member of My Fishing Cape Cod and captain of Laura Jay, we had him on the Chronicles talking about tuna fishing, and I know people enjoyed that. But just this past week, you know, I must have received a half dozen messages from people who are active in the forum, and they're getting all the updates in the forum because we do have daily, sometimes hourly reports that our members are posting in the forum, which is tr- tremendous. But those same people were just telling me that they missed hearing from us. They missed the weekly podcast. So that's when I gave you a call. And that's when we gave Phil down at the Goose a call and, and Bruno at Cape and Islands Mitsubishi. And I said, you know, why don't we put together a weekly podcast for this weekend? And I'll include it in the email newsletter that I'm going to send out on Monday. So, you know, here we are. You know, if you've been missing the podcast i'm i'm sorry we're gonna do hopefully more of these because people do seem to enjoy them quite a bit and obviously i love hearing your voice kevin it's nice chatting with you every week well i think that people don't miss the podcast they just miss listening to me to be honest with you 
Probably, more than likely. It's not the fishing information. It's your your baritone voice. Yeah, I can't tell you how many folks, you know, in my circulation down at the different bait shops all over Cape Cod, how many people have come up to me and they don't recognize me by my look or face or anything like that. But once I say hello, they're like, oh my God, you're that guy. That's right. That's right. So as you listen to today's podcast, you'll notice that we are missing Jeff from Canal Bait, which is all right. You know, we just weren't able to get that going back when the COVID thing was happening. So he is absent from today's podcast, but I still do recommend if you're looking for anything canal related, you know, Jeff and Bruce and Sheila down at Canal Bait and Tackle are tremendous resources and they always will be. But um, yeah, aside from that, why don't we just hop right into it? I've got a lot of news and a lot of things I want to talk about. Yeah, I know one of the first things that we wanted to chat about real quick was the forum and all the different topics that have been kind of popping up in the forum. We've got, you know, a surf casting thread from you know south side beaches and we've got all sorts of uh stuff in the forum that you just wanted to touch on real quick well in the forum uh, mike marcus who's been a member of my fishing cape cod for a long time now he was out with an injury this year for a while but he's back fishing which is terrific and he started a surf casting thread in the forum which has really gained quite a bit of popularity and mike himself kind of surprised me by reporting that he was catching some good stripers off the south side beaches you know fish to 26 inches the water down there on the nantucket town vineyard town beaches it's pretty warm i mean it's like bath water right now but mike has been fishing you know that sunset time and into the early evening and over the past few days he's been reporting some some pretty good action with schoolies down there which is which is good to see. Another member in the forum, Jonathan Jameson, and his wife reported catching double-digit amounts of schoolies this past week in Little Pleasant Bay, so kind of down towards where the goose hummock is, down towards Orleans. And interestingly, he, he did report seeing seals. Obviously, that whole area of the Cape is inundated with them. But fortunately, the seals seem to you know stay away and Jonathan and his wife were able to have some good action with schoolies from shore down there in Little Pleasant Bay. Another member with regards to surf casting, who I just want to give a little shout out to, is Calvin Torin Sandlin. You know, he's a new member. He joined this spring and he just has continued to contribute over the past couple of weeks here. Some really informative posts about surf casting and surf casting tackle. You know, he seems to really have a good handle on the best gear and equipment. So if you're really interested in getting some good advice about surf casting, I would definitely check out some of Calvin's recent posts in the forum. So I suppose that's kind of my beach report. Uh, In last week's podcast, I mentioned that I have been doing some surf casting of my own, and I continue to do that. I haven't caught anything big, but the Cape Cod Bay beaches between the canal and Wellfleet on the bay side have been producing schoolie action for me, mostly around the nighttime high tides. Yep. And one of the other things, Ryan, I wanted to ask you about real quick is, I know you touched on Jeff down at Canal Bait, but from what I'm hearing, the canal seems kind of slow right now. What are you hearing? Yeah, definitely. I have not heard much about big giant blitzes at all. So... 
the fishing has not been easy at the canal this year. I'll leave it at that. But I mean, if you if don't feel discouraged, you know, really don't feel discouraged. There are some big fish being caught down there. You just have to work hard for them. You know, back when I was jigging the canal pretty regularly in my early 20s, I normally would never really encounter big blitzes down at the canal because I was down there during the middle of the night jigging. And if you're interested in giving this a try, there's so many jigs and and lures out there that you could use. But my all-around go-to, and I'm sure it would still work tonight if I went down there, a four-ounce leadhead with a nine-inch black sluggo. I just snip off the first half inch of the sluggo, super glue it to the four ounce lead head. And that's what I would use during the West tide for jigging. And if, um, if you need some help with jigging, there's a ton of information on the website. We just put a article up last week about locating prime jigging spots. And if you're a member of my fishing Cape Cod, I'm always happy to help too. So you can always message me. But at the canal, Johan Frenje, I hope I pronounced that correct. I probably didn't. He's a member. I know he logged in eight hours the other night. He posted in the forum about it. And he only came out with one 26-incher. You know, he still reported it was a very peaceful night, which is good to hear. Henry Sellers, who's another member in the forum, he fished the ditch this past week with eels. And he got back some eel cigars, you know, eels that have been bitten in half by bluefish. So there are definitely bluefish down there in the canal. Again, no big blitzes that I'm that I'm aware of, but don't get discouraged. There are big fish down there. I know some have been caught, but you just got to log in the hours for them. But when you get that 140 pounder, even if you put in a whole summer's worth of effort for it, you know, it's got to be worth it. And I know, Ryan, we had Rick Landry report, too, that he was jigging the canal and ended up with a black sea bass. And you you wanted to remind people that when you're jigging the canal, you can always try to target, you know, whether it's a stray sea bass, tatog, fluke. There's plenty of other species swimming along the bottom of the canal for you to give it a try. Oh, definitely. Absolutely. There's tatog down in the canal right now for sure. There's tatog in Cape Cod Bay. I saw him this week around the rocks and boulders. So you've got Tautog, you've got some black sea bass in the canal. It's cool water. That canal has very cool water. Um, Aside from that, this fluke, you could try fluke fishing in the canal. We've got some articles on the website from member John D. Silva about fluke fishing in the canal. So maybe now's an opportunity, you know, if the striper fishing, if, if you're having trouble getting stripers from the canal, why not give fluke, flounder, sea bass, Tautog a go because they are in there and a quick reminder as well that we wanted to give that you know fishing the canal by boat is pretty strictly prohibited I know you wanted to touch on that as we're talking about canal etiquette this week yeah yesterday I was browsing through the canal category in the forum and Jim Murphy who came to Costa Rica with us saw quite the incident go down a boat apparently was casting a line literally right in front of the canal patrol station, right by the railroad bridge, which, um, you know, they probably, they mustn't have known any better, but they got chased away. I I don't know if they got a ticket for doing that, but, you know, not only were they fishing from a boat in the canal, but they were doing it directly in front of the canal patrol down at the West End. So, yes, definitely. I've had 
quite a few people, believe it or not, over the years message me questions asking, you know, what's the best method in the canal to use for my boat? And I, I have to remind them, you know, hey, you, you can't fish from a boat in the canal. And that extends out the west end and the east end of the canal as well. You have to stay outside the navigation buoys. And continuing on with the MFCC forum and all the different reports we're getting, Ryan, I understand there's some reports of frigate mackerel down around the sounds. Yeah, John Brooks posted what he thought was an Albie. And I'll, I'll tell you, I looked at the photo and I was like, oh, wow, I can't believe this Albie's already showing up here. But some of the other members chimed in that it was actually a frigate mackerel, which is still super cool. This is a species that I've personally never caught. But right now, over the past few days, it seems like there's quite a few of them popping out in the sounds. Um, I'm not sure exactly where John was fishing, but Todd Jarvis, who's another member in the forum, he mentioned that he thinks he might have seen some frigate mackerel over around Devil's Bridge over on the vineyard. And that's another great area to try for Benito. I know last year there was a great run of Benito off that area of Martha's Vineyard. Some of them were over 30 inches that people were catching by trolling, you know, yozuris and other types of swimming lures. So that's definitely something worth trying now. If you want to mix things up, get away from the stripers and the bluefish, you could head over to the south side, keep your eyes open. You might catch a frigate mackerel. And again, I don't know if those big bonito are here yet, but last summer the bonito fishing over there by the vineyard was really, really good. So hopefully that'll happen again. And the last topic I wanted to hit on, Ryan, was just the recent uh, MFCC group involving uh, a group of veterans out at Monomoy. I know you wanted to speak about that a little bit. Yeah, we had a great crew on board maybe 10 days ago. Jack Bosch, Jeff Richard, Alex Cadet, Anthony B. Saw, myself, and Captain Cullen from Cape Star. And we fished Monomoy, which had been really good. Uh, lots of stripers. We didn't get any monsters during that particular trip, but we got some fish up to 36 inches. I posted a little video clip in the forum about how to keep the boat in front of the rip. So if you're interested in learning a little bit more about fishing the rips, you can check out that video clip in the forum. It's in, I think, the Monomoy updates thread. But that was an awesome trip. And the cool thing, Kevin, about that trip is it was 100% sponsored by anonymous donors from my fishing Cape Cod who said, why don't you, you know, I'm going to give you the money for the trip, Ryan, so you can pay for the trip and then just give away the spots to members who are veterans or still in the military. So that was really cool. And after I posted about this trip, I actually received 700 more dollars from more anonymous members who want me to just keep it going wow so i'm going to probably post in the forum pretty soon about some more openings for group trips and we'll have another 100 percent donation sponsored group trip coming up pretty soon so that's that's really really cool aside from that we had another group trip this past thursday and this one was for tuna and we headed east of chanham and holy cow it was seriously rough Thursday morning. You know, we took a little green water over the bow getting out there. But we covered a lot of territory, and Cullen must have burnt $150 at least worth of fuel 
all over the place east of Chatham. And we saw whales. We found the life. We saw a few fish caught. We saw a couple fish break. We marked one or two. But we never found the big herd. And I think, at least on Thursday, the better action was over on the bank. But there are lots of tuna around. I had heard stories of folks hooking upwards of five fish in one trip. Jeez. Obviously, tuna, they move around, you know, like crazy. You know this. Yep. So here one day, gone the next. But if you're looking for tuna, you know, it seems like this year is shaping up to be another great year. Last year was terrific. I know a lot of people from my fishing Cape Cod got their first tunas last year. And this year is already shaping up to hopefully be a repeat of that. All right, Ryan, I just wanted to thank the members and, you know, for their generosity. And, you know, I know a lot of them want to remain anonymous, but the folks that were able to donate that first trip to the MFCC veterans, and I know there's another one in the works. I think that's just a, it's a tremendous show of support from our little MFCC community to the people that have served our country. Absolutely. We'll keep it going. All right, Ryan, I'm going to let you go. Enjoy your beautiful Sunday. I still got to catch up with Phil and Bruno, we're going to have them coming up here shortly on the podcast. But thank you for your time joining us off the top of today's show. And I look forward to hearing from you soon. Thank you, Kevin, for all you do. And I'll talk to you later. Well, our next guest on this week's podcast is our good friend of the show, Phil Howarth, the owner of the Goose Hummock Shop down in Orleans. Phil, how are you on this beautiful Sunday morning? Beautiful, thanks, Kevin. It's, it is a glorious day. It's slightly blowing out the west. Weather's gorgeous. Rental fleet's all gone out already, I think. A lot of people are enjoying getting out on the water right now, which is really cool. And that's what I wanted to start with, Phil. How are things down there in Orleans at the shop? Have they picked up uh, as the summer has gone on here? Yeah, this summer's been a, a, well, it's been an interesting year for everybody, obviously. We, we had a really tough start to the year, and um, now we're crazy busy as with you know, COVID. Continually, outdoor activities is a go-to for a lot of Americans. Um, Tourism has picked up, which is fantastic. With a lot of our summer visitors here, and people are looking to avoid the crowds, and there's no place better to do it with a rod in your hand on a beach or on your boat. So, so we've been really busy. We're we're very fortunate because we're a very big shop. We still have a huge amount of inventory, so we pretty much have everything for our customers, which is great. So, yeah, we're having fun times in the shop. We're uh, we're really enjoying the summer finally. Um, obviously, with the you know, with the relevant safety precautions in place in the shop. And yesterday, Phil, I understand you yourself made a, a trip out to go get some bait for the shop. I understand you went out to go get some mackerel. How did that go? Yeah, it was a good trip. It, it was all kind of by necessity, in so much as the, we're in the middle of a moon cycle. So we we and every other shop on the Cape really struggles with sea worms. So our big vendor who supplies them, he normally gets about four hundred flats which was a lot of lot of sea worms, and he only got 40. So we got two of our 12. So um, all of our frozen baits you know, were going really quickly as people sought alternatives. It was such a lovely day. I said, right, hell, screw it. And a load of us, you know, we have a license to uh, commercially catch mackerel and research in the shop. So we went out. We just went out. We, we took the big boat out easily through the inlet. It was such a calm day and got into 90 foot of water just off of Norset and, started tonging mackerel yeah so we got we got there's a few big shoals of pogies out there so we got some pogies as well got the cast nets out and we probably bagged on 500 700 mackerel in the space of an hour and some absolute monsters <laughs> really some of the biggest mackerel i've seen it's a fun trip fun trip but uh then we spent the rest of the day freezing them because we've got a vacuum packet so 
Well, it's great for the listeners, Phil, to kind of get a look behind the curtain and, and see how, or in this case, listen to how you guys are, are able to do that to provide fresh bait for the shop. So thanks for letting us take a peek behind the curtain. No, that's cool. And yeah, whilst we're out there, it's really interesting as well, Kevin, is, yeah, we saw breaking tuna, um, you know, probably three miles out. Um, on the, we, we were looking from the tower of the boat, and you're looking down into the school of pogies, which are really cool to watch. And they weren't feeding, but they were striped bass sat under them. You could see them clear as day in probably 20 foot of water, which means that I'm sure, um, you know, the bite in the evening off the beaches is starting to hot up as they start pushing those pogies and the bass get you know, more active in the evening tide. So, yeah, I think, it, you know, it was, it was really, you know, was, there's a whole lot of life out there. We had whales, a lot of seals, you know, stripers, tuna, pogies, mackerel. And everything in between. The only thing that seemed to be missing was sand eels, which is a shame, which is another bait that our customers love to fish with, but they're they're very scarce this year. And that's what I was going to ask you, Phil. With all that bait out there in the water, you know, I can imagine some of these schools of stripers, some of the bigger fish kind of pushing, you know, those bait balls up against the beach. And and Ryan and I, and I'm sure yourself, have, you know, been accustomed to seeing some of these feeds on, on pogies, especially you know, occur in yeah. two to three feet of water, you know, you're knee deep. And I'm wondering if that's kind of starting to take shape down there. I certainly, yeah, I haven't, I haven't seen it yet, Kevin, but it's absolutely brewing for it. You know, but we are catching stripers off the beach now. That's definitely happening. It's better in the evening, last light or first light, um, as they become more active. But they're there. And, you know, whilst it was last year, I was fishing off the beach last year and I had mackerel swimming around my feet getting chased by stripers. It's amazing. 20-pound fish. Yeah. It, yeah, it was really, really cool. Um, so, yes, I think I think that's, you know, it's, it's all brewing for a, for a great feed. Um, the stripers are there. The really big fish are kind of a little bit exclusive this year. You know, the commercial mm. guys aren't brewing so well. But, and obviously with a slot, obviously, it's not something you necessarily, you want to be deliberately trying to catch these. 45 inch fish but they're there and people are you know people are getting them sporadically um but i'd certainly you know next couple of evenings i'm going to be on the beach just off north Seattle coast guard throwing a throwing a big plug one and, of uh, seeing what goes down one of the things that i've noticed phil and in, in inside cape cod bay here uh i've noticed a presence of bluefish over the last uh, i'd say seven to ten days and I'm noticing bluefish in, in areas that historically don't really have bluefish, which is kind of interesting. Have you heard anything about bluefish uh, out down in your neck of the woods? Yeah, I think the big one for me was the bluefish all over the rips. Okay. Uh, you know, off of Monomoy. So, yeah, we, we normally get them in the bay off of Wellfleet in the path. They're definitely out there. They're up off the race. But, you know, I had customers um, yesterday coming in and, you know, they were starting to buy wire traces and things because there were so many bluefish in the rips. And the rips generally is fished really well this year. And it's, you know, on the right day in, you know, calmer conditions, the rips is a really exciting, exhilarating place to fish as well. Um, and, you, can, you know, in the flat water, you can actually, you know, throw big, big hard and soft plastics. And then into the rips, obviously, drift back with squid patterns. You know, one of the things I would say, sorry, just flipping back to our, our mackerel yesterday, yep. in amongst all the mackerel, we brought up half a dozen squid just on the sabiki rigs. Oh, Okay. So I'm sure if we targeted them, we could have done quite well with a squid just off of the, you know, 90 foot of water outside the shop. Yeah, that's, and, that, you know, that's that, amazing. And that's a wonderful, you know, it's an incredibly popular bait fish, whether it be stripers, bluefish, tuna, everything, the squid are absolute candy for them. They love it. 
Yeah, that that is remarkable, Phil. So you got all these different you had all these different species of bait yesterday. So it's basically like an all you can eat buffet floating around out there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, I, I, sincerely, it is. It's it's great, and it's certainly great to to try and help because the stripers are pushing more and more north every year. So you know, Maine's fishing really well now for stripers. So um, which is great for Maine, less good for us. Yeah. Um, but it's yeah, I think there's so much bait. There's a really good enticements especially with the sand deals not being so prevalent this year to have the bigger baits they can make it a bit tougher because the stripers obviously if they're eating pogies they only need you know three pogies and they're done for the tide uh-huh. versus sand deals they'll feed for a lot longer but it makes the the actual bite much more intense there's the last couple of days there's been some insane striper feeds off of the race mm. right on top the whole water you're boiling water for it's like the size of a football field just going off and then crushing stuff. So if you can get on one of those feeds, you know, you know great. And that, that was in the middle of the day, so prime time. It's great fun. Yeah, and it's good to hear that's happening, Phil, because that's been kind of an on and off thing. Some years that's lit up uh, out off the race, you know, as early as the first week or two of June. And uh, Ryan and I would be out there floating around and you'd be in, you know, an acre boil just going absolutely insane for about 30 to 45 minutes. And then other years, it seems like that didn't really set up and happen. So it's great to, to hear that that's occurring. No, it is. No, it is really cool. And it's great fun to fish into it. Phil, while we're talking about the race and just kind of out of P-Town, uh, let's talk about Stellwagen real quick and, and maybe hit off east of Chatham real quick. Uh, just the tuna fishery, what you're hearing from those two fisheries. Yeah, tuna fishing's been you know, really, really strong this year. The... Um, there's a lot to say about it. Yeah, the sword fish, the regal sword off of Chatham was fishing really well. Now it's, the fish seem to have moved further north. Um, it's finding the, the smaller fish because obviously uh, from a commercial perspective, the buyers are really trying to limit the market because obviously with COVID, not, the restaurant business is far less buoyant. They're not taking as many fish. So you know, I encourage people to, to make sure they have a buyer before they target commercial fish. And recreationally, of course, if you're fishing bait, you know, if you're fishing live mackerel or pogies, you have no idea what's going to hit it, and you find yourself fighting 100-inch fish, and there's plenty of those out there right now. Mm. Um, I've had a lot of guys doing well on, you know, traditional, you know, uh, pulling ballyhoo, pulling bars. Um, I had a customer, unfortunately, lost it, but he lost a fish at an hour yesterday on spinning gear just east of Chatham. So there are surface feeds going on. Um, the fish I saw bouncing around yesterday, they were smaller fish. They were they were large recreational fish. They're in that 65 to 75 inches, I would have thought. Um, and as you keep working up the classic areas off the golf ball, up onto Stellwagen, up into the shipping lanes, I think the run and gun game has come early this year. So there's the opportunity to go casting. But, you know, if you want to catch a recreational fish, Casting and, and, and trolling bars is a better way to target them because you tend not to catch as many huge fish. And if you do catch a huge fish, you know, be really careful how you release it. You're not doing the fish a favor, just letting it go. Yep. You need to swim it for yep. a, at least 15, 20 minutes just by pulling it alongside your boats yep. to let it, you know, let it recover from a large feed. But the tuna fishing has been phenomenal so far this year. It's been a really good season. And the fact that we've had more recreational fish this year than we had last year by far, which has been fantastic. And last year was all just big fish. The last thing I wanted to ask you about, Phil, real quick, was just the canyons. I know that a lot of your clients and a lot of folks that come in 
the shop that have, you know, a little bit bigger boats will go get outfitted to go fish the canyons down at the Goose Hummock. And I know they're chasing after, you know, yellowfin tuna, big eye tuna, mahi-mahi, maybe some marlin. I know that a lot of folks come in there and pick your brain and the staff's brain about making a trip out there. So I just wanted to know what you've been hearing from out out at the canyons. Okay, so the canyon is only just starting to go because the canyon is well east, the fishery for us up here. There's some there's some really good water coming to Hydro Oceanographer and Beach. Uh, I was scheduled to go yesterday, um, but my friend only gave me three hours notice, so I had to decline. Um, so so I've got one of my friends coming in today. One of my staff, Nick, is out actually on the edge today. So I'll probably be able to give you a better report tomorrow. I'm sorry, Kevin, but boats that went over the last couple of weeks, there was a really really strong swordfish bite. Oh, great! Um, so a number of guys got into the sword, which is a great time at both daytime and at night. And one of the boats hammered the big eye, got you know, like 15 big eyes. Wow. Really well. And if you find that edge of, you know, some, and there's some big temperature breaks, there's nine to 12 degree temperature breaks in some places. If you can find those breaks that have settled, so they've been there three or four days. And, you know, there's a company called Roths, R-O-F-F-S, that do a really good fishing reports um, to the canyons, you know, weather reports and the water temperature report. I use rocks and I'm looking for water that stayed, you know, break that, a break that's been there a day is a bit so what? A break that's been there for five or six days is a very, very fishy piece of water. Oh, okay. Um, but I think the canyons are just getting going and, and so far there's some really nice water coming up. So I think that over the, as that matures the next few weeks, it could be really good. That said, the weather out there is not conducing to fishing right now. There's mm. a little window yesterday and today, but it's starting to get snotty again. Um, which is going to ride the week out. And, of course, you know, we're going to find out a lot more the next day or so because there's the Oak Buffs tournament went on this weekend, so a load of boats will have gone uh, fishing the tournament Friday, Saturday. I just haven't heard any reports yet. But, yeah, it's a lot going down. It's just starting to go. Canyons is kind of like now. It's just starting, probably going to be hot probably for the next six to eight weeks, I would thought. Well, all right, Phil. It's a beautiful Sunday. We'll, we'll let you get on your way here. Uh, again, we want to remind people the Goose Hummock Shop down in Orleans. Go on in, drop in, see Phil and his awesome staff. And if you can't drop in in person, themightyfish.com is also the Goose Hummock's gear website. And Phil, I, I made a quick visit this morning to the Mighty Fish, and I had a pop-up on Bomber Lures, 30% off on all Bomber Lures that took over my screen. Yeah, yeah, we're doing a promo on Bomber. Got a lot of them. Great, iconic, old, but still very fishy lure. Yeah, phenomenal. I've been using Bombers for probably 30 years. <laughs> they still catch a lot of fish. And with the bluefish around, you know, take the trebles off, put a single sidewash hook on the back or a bucktail on the back. Suddenly you've got a wonderful lure you can use either with casting or you can actually troll it on lead core. It's a phenomenal way of catching fish either in the rips or in the bay. And yeah, like you say, the 30 points off online. So thank you very much, Phil, for your visit. We'll make sure to send people over to themightyfish.com or pop into the goose and hopefully talk to you soon. All right, Kevin. Thanks for your time, mate. All the best. We thank our good buddy, Phil Howarth, from down at the Goose Hummock for joining us on this week's podcast. And last but certainly not least on today's show, I want to get to our visit that we taped a little bit earlier in the weekend with none other than proud MFCC member and Cape and Islands Mitsubishi owner and general manager, Bruno Demir. Bruno, we welcome you into this week's podcast. How are you, my friend? What's going on, guys? 
I'm doing pretty well, Bruno. Have you had a chance to get out on the water recently? Yeah, man. Uh, last time I went out, uh, I worked Cape Cod Bay area. We were tuna fishing with uh, one of my good friends who's also an avid person on the forums, Kyle Wiley. And um, I'll tell you what, it was a very, very cool day because we actually watched the harpoon boat uh, steam up on a school, stab a fish, process it, and head back to the docks right in front of us. And uh, I've just never seen that in person before. I'm, I'm a, you know, rod and reel type of guy. So that was pretty cool. Yeah, I honestly have never seen anything like that either. And I know, Bruno, there's been most of the commercial tuna buyers here in Massachusetts are only buying stick boat or harpoon That's tuna right, right now. right. Yeah, and uh, it was it was impressive, man. I mean, he didn't even have a uh, he didn't even really have a plane up there telling him where to go. No spotter plane. He just old school binoculars spotted it, ran up to the school, stabbed it, and went back. And uh, we tried trolling in that same area, but they they had pretty much spooked him out of the way. But it was a good day on the water. So you were fishing for bluefin in Cape Cod Bay, and did you say you were trolling for him? Yeah, we were trolling for him. We went up down, up, up and down the bay. We went into the backside of P-Town. Uh, there was a bunch of whales up there, a lot of big bass. Um, you know, there was, there was bluefin tuna uh, wreckfish, actually, right in the backside, um, crushing a bunch of bunker. Uh, but by the time we got up there, I think they started moving back out into the deeper water when the tide changed. Well, unfortunately, we didn't get a tuna that day, but as tuna fishing goes, you got to get out there enough times before you uh, you can get a picture with one. Bruno, were you seeing any bait out there? Were there mackerel, bluefish, anything swimming around out there up on top that you could see? I'll tell you what, the, from, from what I've heard with guys, um, the bait of choice... Uh, as of last week, was bunker. I mean, that was before that big wind came in um, last weekend. But before that, uh, I can tell you there was, there was and still is a ton of bunker all over Cape Cod Bay. The mackerel seems to be in the deeper water, in the like the 60, 70 feet water. But it's nothing like the bunker. The bunker was just everywhere, and I'm pretty sure they're still out there. And one other thing I wanted to ask you about, Bruno, was just striped bass. If you haven't had a chance to get out recently, striper fishing, have you have you heard anything about Cape Cod Bay? Yeah, I mean, there's, there's really, really big uh, 40, 50-inch class stripers uh, last week out at the Fingers um, in Cape Cod Bay. But um, the last two, three trips that I've heard people go out there, they're not there anymore. And I think... The wind that we got again last week, and I think that moved it all up north, maybe in the Boston area. I bet you the bite's going to start turning on up that way. Um, but I also know, as of right now, there was huge blitzes off P-Town for striping. Nothing big, not big fish off P-Town, but there's plenty of uh, fish out there to keep things interesting. You know me, I'm, I'm a big fluke guy. There's a lot of fluke right now down in the Nantucket Shoals, so I'm most likely going to be um, out at the Shoals fluke fishing. Um, surprisingly, there was Bonito at Monomoy as of two weeks ago, so the Bonito really showed up early this year, which was surprising. Um, 
and uh, and then there's plenty of action east. So there's a lot to do on the Cape right now. Now's the time to get out on the water. Certainly is plenty to do, and it looks like the weekend weather is going to be pretty solid. Bruno, I just want to check in with you real quick on the dealership. How are things down at Cape and Islands Mitsubishi? I'll tell you what, you guys have to go on our Facebook and check out our newest build. And what I mean by build is, uh, as you know, we're the truck kings of the Cape, and we do a lot of pre-owned pickup trucks. And a lot of people don't realize is that we also modify and customize trucks by lift kits, wheels, tires. And it's one of those deals where you can come and pick out your truck, pick out your wheels, pick out the lift kit you want, and anything else you want done to the truck. And we put it all into one price so you could put it all into one low monthly payment instead of coming up with thousands of dollars to customize your truck out of pocket. And we just did one actually last week, and we put it up on our Facebook. you got to see this thing. I mean, it's it, it's got a huge lift. We did it with one of the best suspensions out there. Um, you just got to see the Chevy on our Facebook. It's It's a beast. So that's the special this month. If you look for a truck and you want to customize it, uh, we're a one-stop shop. So, yeah, head to Facebook and search Cape and Islands Mitsubishi, and that'll get you right to the Cape and Islands Mitsubishi Facebook page. Bruno, thank you so much for all the information and all you do for my fishing Cape Cod. We really look forward to catching up with you on our next visit. All right, you got it, man. We'll catch you next week. A big thanks to Bruno Demir for joining us on this week's edition of the My Fishing Cape Cod podcast. And a big thank you to all of our guests, starting with MFCC founder and creator Ryan Collins, Phil Howarth, the owner of the Goose Hummock Shop down in Orleans. And last but not least, you just heard from Bruno down at Cape and Islands Mitsubishi. So thank you to all the guests. And more importantly, thank you to all the listeners and members that help support and listen to the MFCC podcast as well as the My Fishing Cape Cod Chronicles. Hopefully we'll have a lot more podcasts for you heading into the second half of our summer and into the fall and well beyond. So look forward to chatting with you again whenever that may be. And until then, this is your host, Kevin Collins, signing off. Tight lines and take care. Thanks for tuning in to the My Fishing Cape Cod podcast. For the latest local news, information, and fishing reports, be sure to log on to MyFishingCapeCod.com. From all of us at My Fishing Cape Cod, tight lines and take care.